The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hi, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You listen to W. BCA 102.9 FM. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of our program is Observation from the Trenches. This is a weekly talk program targeted towards the Black American, Black American community. Today's topic is LBJ or Lyndon Bain Johnson never based reaction on merit. I want to have this dialogue because the Supreme Court are hearing whether or not to continue or discontinue reaction. I thought it'd be a worthwhile conversation to let folks know why did LBJ, Lyndon Bain Johnson, make this here an executive order for affirmative action and who he intended for. One of the biggest downfall of all these initiatives that Dr. King and others got out there, fought and bled and even died for, is that the language did not specify who it was for. And that's why such thing as the 1964 Act of Civil Rights, useless to was useless for us. That's why affirmative action, useless for us, because why? It, it was not specified that these ordinances, these initiatives, that King and our answers got there, fought, bled, and was beat down for, were for the Negroes or black Americans. So I want to have a topic on that. Day. And it's real simple. LBJ never based affirmative action on merit. As a matter of fact, the word like merit and, and qualification never was part of the American lexicon until this ordinance came about. Because our people, American born blacks, were locked out of any meaningful employment. So there's no need to share, there's no need to absorb or integrate us, because why we wasn't there, based on racist laws. So again, I just want to put out there in the atmosphere where my community, American born blacks, are clearly understand why this, 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 initiative, this initiative might be overturned. Because from the get-go, from the get-go, and I'm going to use as my uh, uh, some, some uh, documentation, I'm going to use the uh, speech that LBJ gave at Howard University in 1965 as he wrote out affirmative action. As a matter of fact, you can hear and view that same speech on uh, on uh, YouTube. You go to YouTube, you know, type in LBJ, Howard University, 1965. You can hear the entire speech that he gave that launched affirmative action. And I'm going to read a little bit for, for you uh, uh, later on. In that speech, you hear, he never, ever mentioned anybody but Negroes. It was never intended for white women, no disrespect, for Hispanic, Asians, all right, folks from India, Africa, or Caribbean. No disrespect to nobody. 
It was meant for the Negroes because of, and he even says it in his speech at Howard University in 1965, because of centuries of slavery and Jim Crow. But because we did not specify that the language should reflect the group who fought and brought it about, everybody, anybody now can benefit from it. Those who had no skin in the game. And so, again, that's my topic today. And the reason being, after 400 plus years of being in America, my community, American-born blacks, are now a permanent underclass in a country that black Americans built into the wealthiest country in the world because of racist laws. That's, that's, that's just fact. It ain't no blame. Ain't no guilt tripping. And please, 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 community, stop advancing or uh, co-signing these white supremacist, white supremacist terms like, oh, they just, uh, you know, playing the victim card. No, if I affirm that I have been victimized, doesn't mean I'm playing the victim. I'm letting you know how I got hurt. I know how I got hurt. I don't know if any black American, I'm 69, has sat around and said, woe is me. Oh, the white man is the white man that no, every person I know, even those who are doing crime, are just trying to make it do what it do. Trying to do the best they can, given the hand that they have been given. So again, to acknowledge that harm was done to us towards our group is not to placate a victim or the or the wine, as some have said, but to say, hey, we got hurt here by your treatment of us. Our group was harmed. So we, we bring attention to that. We need redress, not sympathy. King was fighting and was murdered for redress for American-born blacks. The time was called Negroes. So, again, I have no axe to grind against no group. I'm not against any group. I have nothing bad to say about you. Don't disparage you being here. I'm not here to denigrate you, degrade you, nothing. My focus is on my group who needs attention. We as a people have been totally removed off the board from redress. Our needs was never made whole by the 1964 Act of Civil Rights or affirmative action or even, or even voting. None of those ordinances that King and our ancestors got out there and fought, bled, and died for has made American-born black whole or comfortable in the country that we built into the, the wealthiest country in the world. Got nothing. And the reason why I focus on my group only disparaging no group against no group. Black Americans have given the most this country. Since 1619, we've given the most, but always gotten back the least. Black Americans have fought in every war. Black Americans have fought in every war this country ever had and still, still treated horribly, just terribly. Black Americans are the most loyal and devoted group of anybody here Despite our treatment, despite how we was totally, totally shunned, black Americans still, still try to hold, uphold these hollow uses of the word of the Declaration of Independence or so-called democracy. And neither one of those terms has done anything, anything to uplift our group. So today, I want to have a conversation about from action. And you can Google right now and read it for yourself. 
Lyndon Bain Johnson, LBJ, speech he gave at Howard University, 1965. And this is the foundation that gave rise to a reaction. In that speech, you would hear nothing about no group other than American-born blacks or the Negro at the time. He didn't mention no other group. And also, for more, for more information, if you purchase When Affirmative Action Was White, When Affirmative Action Was White, An Untold History of Black, An Untold History of Racial Inequality in 21st Century by Ara, Ara Katznesson, Katznesson, Nesson, by Ira Katznesson. It's called When Affirmative Action Was White, An Untold History of Racial Inequality in 20th Century. If you turn in this book, he also has the hardcover of this speech. And this speech was entitled To Fulfill These Rights. President Lyndon Bain Johnson commissioned address at Howard University June 4th, 1965. If you read the whole speech, Nave, and I recommend you do, right? This speech undergird, right, from action. In this speech, right, Nowhere in this speech, the, the printer Johnson, Leonard Bain Johnson, mentioned any other group but the Negroes. He also described our condition, our plight, since our time here. The treatment, how we was ostracized, excluded, how we was treated. And he also, right, says why He's bringing forth this ordinance called Affirmative Action, all right, to start as a redress based on race. It had nothing to do with inclusion or diversity or equity. It was a redress based on race. And in this here book, again, if you if you get the, if you buy this here book, and I recommend you read it also for more for, for more information. When Affirmative Action was white, an untold history of racial inequality in the 20th century by Ira. Katz Nelson, Katz On page 177, he gives you right, the reason why he's putting forth this ordinance of affirmative action. And I read, it is for the devastating heritage of long years of slavery and a century of oppression, hatred, and injustice. I'm quoting on page 177, he said, it is for the devastating heritage of long years of slavery and a century of oppression, hatred, and injustice. No other group was he speaking about than us. So the question in my mind, and should be in yours, if that's the case, how do we allow what was intended as a redress of slavery and Jim Crow to include everybody, for everybody. I'll tell you why. It's one thing I've come to realize in this whole uh, enlightenment by reading and getting understanding. America runs on laws. Language matters. Because it was never said explicitly who it was for. It was just taken for granted because why? At that time in 65, if you would go back to the 1960 census, 
you will see, and I already did it. You can check for yourself, though. I always encourage you, don't take my words for it, check it for yourself. If you check the 1960 census, right, that shows you who was in America at that time, 99.1% of the people here was whites and Negroes. That's right. 99.1% of the people here was whites and Negroes. These other groups like Asian, barely here. Spanish, barely here. African, wasn't even here, wasn't allowed in the country. Caribbean, barely here. All these other groups now who are benefiting from our ancestors' sacrifice are benefiting from something that was never, ever intended for them at all. And I encourage you to read that uh, speech, or better still, go to Google, type in LBJ, Howard University, 1965. Hear the whole speech about uh, about 45 minutes an hour. He never mentioned white women. He never mentioned folks from India. He never mentioned Spanish, African, Cape Verde. None of these people. But all these groups, right, right, are now benefiting for something that was fought for, bled for, and died for by our, by our community. And because we didn't have enough wisdom at the time to understand that language matters now. Language matters. We've allowed everybody to come under this umbrella and this false narrative merit and qualification. That was never what LBJ intended for. Think about this here. Think about most of our kids today in these urban homes, right? How would you set up, why would you set up a system based on merit and being qualified given what they're exposed to, how they are groomed, how they are raised, how they're exposed? You know darn well those kids are not going to be able to compete with kids from affluent or middle-class families. Well, if you go back in time, and I was a kid at the time, right? I was born in 53. The American Negro was in no way able to compete based on merit or qualification. Why? We was locked down in what? Dire oppression, dire poverty. That's why, if you read that speech, LBJ never mentioned merit or qualification. It was a redress. This here was designed to put American born black or the Negro at the time in arenas that they had been locked out for centuries. Police officers, right? Firefighters, right? In the trades, an occupation that we had been historically locked out because of race. It wasn't based on merit or being qualified, but that was the narrative that those who opposed the front front action, right, rolled out from day one. It's unfair. You might remember the term reverse discrimination, that term reverse discrimination, right? That's all the pushback. There was a pushback against affirmative action, against allowing American-born blacks to enter arenas that they had been historically locked out from. And that's why if you read LBJ's speech, nowhere in there is the word merit or qualification. But because our black leaders at the time Urban League, churches, the NWCP didn't have the wisdom of the sea. Well, you're talking about something that was never intended to be part of the, of the sea initiative. It was intended to put black Americans in arenas and spaces 
that they had been historically locked out of. Locked out of. And so now these these a Supreme Court is hearing this here initiative based on merit, or qualification, or but for to be non-racial. The whole thing was based on race. If you read LBJ's speech, he tells you it's about race. We were locked out because of race. Because of white racism. For centuries of slavery and centuries of oppression, white racism. Racism is that that the the core of this initiative. That's why it was for only the Negroes. Because who had been totally ostracized? Our group, our community. And so you now have a group of Asians mounting this lawsuit calling reverse discrimination against Asian when this year was never, ever, even, never, never even intended for them. But none of our politicians have the courage to say that. Wait a minute. This thing was never based on race. I mean, you know, uh, anybody but, 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 but for us. It was based on race for the Negroes because of what? Being ostracized and locked out because of white racism. Wasn't based on your so-called inclusion or diversity. It was to put Black America into spaces that they had never been allowed to participate in. And so, when you think about it, these laws that was passed without people's sweat, blood, and tears, right, have been weaponized to benefit everybody but us. Why? Because language matters. He did not say. This ordinance for Negroes only. It didn't say the 1964 Act of Civil Rights for Negroes only. It didn't say that. And I also encourage you to go there to Google, type in the 1964 Act of Civil Rights, read the language. It's just, you know, based on race, creed, nationality, et cetera, et cetera, sex, sex, whatever, right? But it doesn't say who it's for. And everybody know why it came into existence as a redress for American-born blacks against what? White racism. But didn't say that. That's why all the folks there at the border right now, all those people will come under and can benefit from the 1964 Act of Civil Rights. All, all the folks right now can benefit, right, from quote-unquote affirmative action. Everybody. Because we failed then and now to understand the importance of redress. This thing was based on a redress, based on racism. What about no inclusion or, you know, diversity? No. Nowhere in LBJ's speech, President Leonard Baines Johnson's speech, he didn't mention anything about diversity or redress or inclusion. It was all based on the treatment of our folks from slavery up until that time. These other folks were not even here. You see, if you go to the 1960 census, you'll see they were not even here. They came after the 1965 Act of Immigration. The LBJ signed in the harbor of New York that allowed all these folks to come up in here. These folks were never allowed. It was never allowed in the country in large numbers. None of them. None of them. And so we are being bamboozled and hoodwinked again. And, and if they overturn from a reaction, I said, what we do? It ain't doing nothing for us anyway. 
Like the 1964 Act of Civil Rights, those two ordinances that our folks bled for, died for, fought for, are doing nothing for the group that it came into existence to serve. Those was based on racial redress for American born blacks. Yet, we have allowed, we have allowed everybody to come, come under that banner because why? we're not fighting right, for exclusive rights for us only. Other groups, you cannot come under their banner. You go to any organization that caters to Hispanics, Asian, you know, Africans, Caribbean. Their mission statement states this is for Caribbean. This is for Asians. It's for Haitians. Nowhere do they mention us. They don't mention black Americans. And rightfully so. Nobody comes to America. No group comes to America. Please hear me out. No group comes to America to change the paradigm of white supremacy. No group is coming here to change this paradigm. Those folks at the border right now. It's more than just Spanish. They said over 150 some odd nationalities down there. They're not coming here to vote or for democracy or for the Declaration of Independence. They're coming for the dollars. They're coming to acquire as much wealth for them and their families whereby they can be comfortable and suddenly send money back home to those who are less fortunate. They're not coming here for this rhetoric. Democracy. Independence. Declaration. Coming for that? They're broke. They're broke. They're broke. That's why they're coming here. They're not coming to change the paradigm of white supremacy. That's why we got no allies here. Not disparaging anybody, not disparaging anybody. They don't come here to change the paradigm of white racism. It's been our fight. And the reason being they don't come here, pay attention now, pay attention. Independence. Most of these people have been independent from colonialism, right, since the 1950s or 60s. So over the last 50, 70 years, right, they have not been subjected to white oppression, white domination, white racism. So racism does not mean what it means to us. They have had what I call a reprieve, a break, for the last 50, 70 years due to independence. Black Americans are the only group on this planet who will never know what it feels like not to be under the control, domination, manipulation of the white community. We'll never know. We never. We'll never know what that means. Like, even if you got some folks in this position of so-called authority, it's still their country. This is a white man's country, and that, that just is what it is. They own 100% all the wealth, all the resources. These are their institutions. These are their policy. These are their reg- These are their regulations. This is their country. People are not coming here to change that paradigm. Racism is the black man's fight. Black America. Other folks have hey, it has nothing to do with us. They exploit your people. They abuse your people. They did nothing to us. And we got a problem with them, and they got no problem with us. So again, if they strike down from action, understand. It is so because why? Language. And we didn't fight. They say, wait a minute. It was never about merit or qualification. Look at us. How are we going to compete with you on, on, on so-called merit? Come on, get, get, get real. 
Look at us in our community at that time. How are we going to so-called be qualified? Come on, get real. To put us in spaces where over time we acquire the skill set right to rise and elevate. And also to, to, to prepare the next generation to be, better off than what, to be better off than what we were. The same thing now. Like, like urban school, the ghetto school. You know darn well these kids cannot compete based on merit as a whole with, with folks from, you know, Sharon, Weston, Newton, Brookline. They know that. But it's no different in 1965. No different. That's why we're late. We've made very little progress. And according to economists, by 2053, American-born black community is going to be a wealthless community, wealthless. I say, based on what I've been reading, I say 75, 75%, 75% of us are already there. We got no wealth. We have zero wealth. Zero wealth. And so, that's why I say to you, America is a great country if you, have, if you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable. It's a great country when you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable. You must go back and upgrade your skills. You must acquire high-income skills. I had to go back and upgrade my skills. I started down 30 years ago making make about 30 grand a year before taxes. I had to go back and upgrade my skills if I was going to give a better life my daughter and my wife at the time, Deborah. And so will you. You cannot depend on black politics, politicians. Why? They don't have the courage to fight for laws aimed at your community only. You don't have the courage to say that. It's for everybody. All people. We all Americans. No, all did not get hurt by these laws. We did. We are the only group that's been disadvantaged by laws. Only group. We were not trifling, lazy, no count. And we did build up very, very successful towns like, like Black Wall Street, a town over there in, uh, um, in, uh, over there in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. They burned them down. They burned them down out of jealousy, hate, and contempt. So again, if you want to be comfortable in America, and I know you do, you must go back and upgrade your skills. You got no, no other choice. And $25 is now the new minimum wage. Hear me now. $20, $25 is now the new minimum wage. You're not going to do well making $25 an hour. So again, uh, I'm going to take a little break here in a minute. You know, come back and continue my dialogue. But just remember, affirmative action was never meant to be based on merit. It was to put black American or the Negro, our people at the time, into spaces that they had been systematically ex- 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 just, just removed from. Removed. And so when you hear folks pushing back, oh, they're not qualified. Oh, what about the merit? Affirmative action was never meant for that. It was never meant to do that. And so if they strike it down, I said, what we do? They ain't doing nothing. It is doing nothing for us nowhere. It's doing nothing for us anyway. It's been for everybody but us. Everybody but us. And so as we fight for a new deal for ourselves, you have to go back, upgrade your skills, because you still want to be comfortable in America. I know I do. That's why I went back and upgraded my skills. You cannot depend on today's black, black politician. They, they're not bringing anything here that's going to benefit you and I. Nothing. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, and you're listening to WBCA 102, 102.9 FM. Name of the program, Off the Basement Trenches. 
from the trenches. Observation from the trenches. I'm talking about today, real simple. LBJ never based from action on merit. He never based it on merit at all. But from the very beginning, the white elite and the white community, right, was pushing to have this thing overturned. Isn't it funny? Anything, anything that might remotely benefit our community from day one, it's always met with pushback. And I'll speak more about that on the next on the next half an hour. But anything that might remotely benefit us is always met with pushback. So again, I'll be back, and we'll continue the dialogue. Hold on. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> I'm back. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. And the name of the show is Observation Between Observation and Trenches. And my topic today is LBJ, a permit Linda Baines Johnson, never based from action on merit. This order that he gave as a executive order was never intended to be based on merit or qualification. And if you don't believe me, I want you to go to Google, type in LBJ, Howard University, 1965. Here's the speech. You can see it's a video, about 45 minutes, about 45 to maybe 50 minutes uh, speech he gave. He in his own words. He tells you exactly why it's needed. He tells you the condition about people then. And in his speech, right, he outlined our condition. We had no legal protection, right? He also had a part where he said, freedom, freedom is not enough. Freedom is not enough. Freedom without economic resource, right, you're still impoverished. You can be free, right, but free to what? Famine, starvation, but you're free. Those folks down south of the border, they free. But he got what? No finances. No finances. He also, right, in the same speech, right, he also spoke about, he talked about the causes of inequality. He broke it down for you. He also spoke about in that speech, right, a widening gulf, a, wide, a widening gap. Why? Why it was widening? He also spoke about the special nature of Negro poverty. He spoke also about the root, the roots, the roots of of injustices. Let me break down. Nowhere, neighbor, in this speech that led to the formation of affirmative action, did LBJ, Leonard Bain Johnson, mention white women. No, no, no disrespect. Spanish community, not at all. Caribbean, one mentioned. African, not mentioned. Folks from India, not mentioned. No group was mentioned except for American born blacks. And he also broke down, right, our condition. 
my condition. In that speech, nowhere are the terms merit-based or being qualified. Because LBJ, being a Southern from Texas, he knew how we treated. He's from the South. He knew how they treated our people down there in Texas. He knew as a senator, who he, he also, by the way, was, was, was a racist. He was. But by being exposed to Dr. King and seeing our plight, I think it's his heart kind of softened, kind of somewhat soft, soft, softened a little bit. But he knew our condition. So nowhere in his speech did he mention any other group but us. And I would also challenge you, encourage you, right? In the last seven years, I've done a lot of uh, going over to uh, YouTube and seeing King's speeches. You know, Malcolm, Ben Lou Hamer, you know, A.C. Randolph, all these great icons that when I was uh, a kid in the 60s, right, they were very prominent, very powerful people. Punch in their name, and you see these folks giving, you know, having dialogue and speeches, you know, having rallies. Here's what I want you to do at these rallies. You tell me at these rallies with King or A. Philip Phil Randolph, any of these guys, how many white women did you see? How many white women did you see in the crowd? How many Asians did you see in the crowd? How many Asians did you see in the crowd? How many folks from India, Indian, did you see? How many, how many folks from India did you see in the crowd? Or Africans? Or Caribbean? How many did you see in the crowd? Virtually none. None. None of these folks were out there getting their head bashed, getting spat on, getting houses blown up, going to jail, and getting the crap beat down. None of these other groups are out there without people in any meaningful number. None of them. But don't take my word for it. Do it for yourself. You know, you go there. You know, you, you, you type in LBJ. You type in uh, MLK. Fanny Lou Hamer. When he gave these rallies. When it was thick, how many of these other groups are out there with us? None. Yet all these groups now benefit from something they had no skin in the game. No skin in the game. Because foolishly, foolishly, we allow the language to be what? Totally indifference. Totally ambivalent. It can include anybody. I read the 1964 Act of Civil Rights. I now understand why anybody and everybody is under there. There's no mention of the group who got out there, bled, and died, and fought to bring it into fruition. No, no mention of us. No mention. And that's why I say in this day and age, with the, with the Supreme Court hearing, which might be the end of affirmative action, and I say good riddance, it ain't doing us no good. It's going to come down because when you read the speech that LBJ gave at Howard University in 1965, you see it was never intended to be based on merit 
publication. It was all because of what a racial redress. He says that. He says that. And if you listen to Dr. King's speech in 1963, the speech, uh, you know, I Have a Dream, you can see the powers of white supremacy at play. All they looped for the last 50 years, right? Dr. King opened a statement. Hope one day that my four little kids will be judged by what? The content of their character and the color of their skin. There was this hope. But the reality was, he said, we marched on Washington today because we have been given a check that came back marked, marked insufficient funds. Read those speech. The whole speech is about the plight, the condition, how he's living. What about no, I have a dream? But to distract people's attention from the essence of King's speech was about the deplorable condition that America had written us in. America had subjected us to. But all you hear folks talk about, Dr. King said, man should be judged by what? The, care, the country of their character, not the color of their skin. Why? That dream part, right, implies, right, that his kids now are full-fledged citizens with all the perks and benefits of whiteness. But the body of the speech is about economic castration, economic exclusion, law that was unfair. Read it for yourself. So we've allowed these myths to go on that did not describe the plight of our people. And so two policies that was fought, both bled and died for, the 1965 of civil rights and affirmative action right have been rendered useless to the group that it came into existence to redress for past racial racial injustices. It was all based on race. But because we was not there writing the regs or writing the laws, you got what you got. Nothing. Nothing. But do, do this here, as I did as I've done many times. In those videos, when you see those mass species, throw the call mic, anybody, touch anybody there, put them in there. You tell me, how many white women did you see? How, how many white women are there? How many Asians are there in the audience? How many Africans, Caribbean, folks from India, how many are there in the audience? None. Firstly, nada, zero. Yet all these groups benefit from ordinance that was never designed for them. It was never intended for them. Disparity none of these groups. That's why language matters. Asian hate group, it tells you who it's for, neighbor. It tells you who it's for. Sanctuary City, it tells you who it's for. Gay right bill, it tells you who it's for. We have gone the wrong way. That's why I contend that this is a great country. I've been blessed through the, through, through the success of our, of, of, our com- of our company to travel the world. Been to Africa, Egypt, Ghana, South Africa, been to Europe, Spain, France, Italy, 
been in the Caribbean, Jamaica, Trinidad, you know, etc. Dominican Republic. It's a great country. America is a great country when you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable. America is a great country if you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable. And the truth of the matter is, from our very existence here, our group has never had sufficient wealth to be comfortable because American government deliberately made sure that the American public is ostracized, excluded, and denied from participating in acquiring assets that would turn into wealth to be passed down to what the next generation. Both those laws, affirmative action, race-based. There's a redress for race, racism. Act of, the Act of 1964, 64 Act, civil rights, a redress of racism. And foolishly, we allow folks, right, to say, no, 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 it's race neutral. No, 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 race neutral. It's, come on now. We have failed ourselves. Our black leaders have failed us. We have no institution that fights on our behalf. When you mention anything that includes us, right, well, black and brown and other at-risk group. But when they speak for themselves, Latinos, Verdians, Asians, nowhere, nowhere is there any mention of American-born blacks. And for the life of me, I don't know why we think that we are the vanguard of anybody who's had, who's had anything called oppression. Are you kidding me? We've been over 400 plus years. 400 plus years. America was a virgin country. We got it. It's virgin ter- territory. It was undeveloped. We got nothing. We got nothing. We've given the most, got back the least. Every war she ever had. Our folks shed blood, hope, hoping that A, we'd be what? Viewed as what? Full blessed citizens. No such luck. We've been as law and devoted as any group, despite our treatment. Still on the outside looking in. At some point, you got to say to yourself, she is what she is, as it pertains to us. And having a first this or first that is an insult. First one to be the first one to be the judge. First one to go to college. First mayor. It's an insult to us as a people. Even if, even if I exclude slavery from 1865, from 1865 to now, over 150 plus years, people. 150 plus years. We should feel insulting folks that was the first one. We're the, we're the first one. We're the first one. Are you kidding me? It's an insult. What they're saying is that because of racism based on color, we cannot be viewed and treated as full-fledged citizens with all the perks and benefits of whiteness. That included right, the vote, right? Mortgages, contract, under the law, due process, due process, due process under the law. Health, all that stuff that a citizen is entitled to. Come on now. You, you should feel insulted when it's talking about you're the first one, the first one. You shouldn't feel good about that. 
Since emancipation being over 150 years, 150 years fighting and begging to be, be treated as a citizen. Affirmative action was supposed to start to A, bridge that gap, open that door, whereby we could be treated as citizens by putting us in spaces that we've that we, that we been locked out before because of race. And foolishly, we allowed this con game called reverse discrimination. No, baby. What about you? What about us? This order was designed to put the Negroes in spaces that we had been locked out for centuries. But what about no merit or qualification? LBJ, LBJ knew, 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 knew our condition. He knew our plight. He knew I got, I got to somehow get him in the game. And in time, he will grow and get better. But you got to first get him in the game of, 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 American, of American society. And we let folks run this two-cent con game called merit. Ain't qualified. If you had undergone what we was undergoing, you wouldn't be qualified either. You wouldn't either. And so, they strike it down, what we do. It's done nothing for us anyway. But also, which should show you another uh, misnomer, the so-called coalition amongst the so-called people of color. The Asians are saying to you, despite they get about 24% of folks going to Harvard, we don't care about that. We want as many as we can get. There is no such thing as coalition, people. There is no coalition. Never was, never will be. Both come to America not to challenge or change the paradigm of white supremacy. They come here to extract as much of the wealth as they came for themselves and their family, and they will, they will not be the best vanguard or the best protector of white supremacy going. I mean, stepping on us, so be it. Denying us, so be it. Excluding us, so be it. So be it. They don't come here it's coming allies with us. Asians, no disrespect towards them. He said, hell with that. We want more than 20. We want more than 20, 20, 20, 20, 25% of the slots at, at Harvard. We want them all. Because why? Of that false narrative of merit and qualification and discrimination. This law was made as a redress towards racism that black Americans have been facing since 1619. That's why LBJ brought it, brought, it, brought it into existence. And foolishly, because we don't understand the power of words, that words matter, we did not insist that it, the audience should say for the Negroes, for the Negroes, for the Negroes, for the Negroes. And so now, there's a good chance it's going to be overturned. And if it does, or, or if, 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 if it is not, you've got to understand that America... Runs on skills. This country is based on capitalism. There's two important components. One is capital, other is labor. Now state government made sure that we would be locked out of anything called wealth acquisition. They made sure that by law that American more blacks could not acquire anything called wealth. Because why? Could not get in the game, baby. Only thing that you got control of is your is your labor. That's why you must, you must, you must invest in high-income skills. And I do not, I do not, I do not mean going to college. 
There are many vocational technical programs that pay you six figures or better if you have that skill set. If you want to be comfortable in America, you want to be comfortable in America, but you and your children and leave a legacy and a, a inheritance, you must go back and upgrade your skills the same as I had to. There's no getting around it. And you cannot depend on today's black American politician. They are not going to do anything to benefit us. Everything they bring forward for everybody, all Americans, universal policy. All kind of all the research showed by economists. And it's, going, it's not going to help us. Too late for that. It's going to do nothing for us. Nothing for us at all. So you cannot depend on today's black politician or so-called civil rights leaders because why? They're talking loud and ain't saying nothing. If you ain't talking about specificity, specificity where who is for, who is for, who is it for? It's going to do nothing for you. This thing called universal policy for everybody has done nothing for us. We'll do nothing for American-born blacks at all. At all. We need our own schools. Our kids will never be educated under these so-called public schools that run by everybody. We need our own schools as our own kids. Based on history and the relationship, what do you, what do you want these kids to know? What must they know living in a society based in white supremacy? Based in a society, right, that we ostracize as worthless, nobody. What, what do you want these kids to know? And given the fact that our system of economics is based in capitalism, what do you want them to know about this system? How can they thrive and prosper? So I say we need our own schools. I don't see this thing getting any better for the group at all. So I hope you enjoyed today's uh, dialogue. I'm here, I'm here every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. I'll be back next Wednesday at 6 o'clock, Lord willing, with some more observations from the trenches share with you. And again, I always say, I want you to come to your own conclusion. I know, I know what I have based on the reading and the research, that we now are a permanent underclass as a collective. A few are doing okay, but of the 48 or 50 million people, that vast majority of our people either working poor working class, or poor. I repeat, the vast majority of our people are either working class, working poor, or they're poor. And America is still designed as a plantation. What you want to say, Larry? Think about it. You had a slave master, overseer, slave. Today, today you're what? The elite, middle class, working class. It's still that three-tier structure. In the day of old, slave master, right? Overseer, slave. Now you're what? The elite, middle class workers. You must get off that bottom. You're going to need skill to get off that bottom. You cannot wait on politicians to pass laws for us. You must go back and upgrade your skills. You must make sure your kids have been prepared to compete out here in America. Nobody, nobody, nobody's coming to save us. Nobody. Nobody's coming to save us. They have not come yet. They're never going to come. America is a great country because you got sufficient skill to be comfortable. It's a great place to be. It truly is. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. And we've been struggling since 1855. So again, as I wrap up, close a minute. Uh, I'll be back next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Tell your friends about it. And, uh, you know, I guess you got to vote for the, for the governor uh, next week, you know. I watched the debate 
between uh, these two uh, individuals. I'm sure they're great people, but nothing they are articulating is going to benefit America born black. Nothing they, are, nothing they are saying is going to uplift our group or address the racial wealth gap for us in, here in Massachusetts. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And having a diverse cabinet does nothing to address the racial wealth gap. It's good for you if you have a job, your family benefit, but does nothing for the collective. None at all. But, you know, you got to vote. Uh, next week, you know, uh, I don't know why. And it's not going to change for us, in my, in my humble opinion. But, and we, and we should be more open to it than just the Democrat. They've done nothing for us now. They've done nothing for us at all, whatsoever. So you need to understand it's about policy. Policy, period. Policy. What policies are aimed at elevating and addressing our unique, unique need? If it ain't policy, it's just malarkey. It's nothing, in my, in my humble opinion. So again, as I get ready to wind down, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as to why LBJ brought it forth. Uh, from action, it was never to address or be about merit or being qualified was to put the American Negro in arenas that he or she had not been allowed to because of white racism. So tell your friends about us. I will be here next week at 6 p.m. Hope you can join us, you know, and uh, we'll keep, keep, keep the dialogue going, but my focus is on my group, American Born Blacks. I don't begrudge any group. I'm not against any group. I'm a problem with no group. My thing is just to say to my group, we're on the bottom. We're dead last. And no one's coming to save us. Never have, never will. And if we understand that we don't do something, right, it ain't, it ain't coming. So again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You can listen to from the trenches, baby. Off from the trenches. Today's topic, LBJ, never based from action on merit. So again, until next week, God bless and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, Call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.